Hey everyone. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I haven't uh, haven't been able to talk to you guys in a while. I miss you guys. <laughs> uh, even though we don't talk back, I miss uh, I miss reading about our conversations. But anyway, I've uh, kept a close eye on the suggestions and the forum thread, and I find uh, it fairly active still. There's a lot of stuff going on in the game, and um, before we get to that, I want to apologize for my um, last two episodes. I recorded one at work, <laughs> and I um, released another one that I wasn't really proud of, but uh, I just I felt like I owed you guys something, and I haven't. I've just been so busy, and I uh, don't. This is important to me, but it's, you know, work is uh, one of those things that comes first. So work and family. Yeah. And then everything after that is all DDO things. So. I apologize if the, those other, the last two episodes were kind of sus. <laughs> they, uh, they are. <laughs> you're, you're totally right about that. Let's get back on track with this one. Uh, so first off, in the suggestions and ideas thread, we got. Um, I'm just going to start from the top. Uh, I know the the newest posts are not always the the best ones around top, but this one's pretty interesting. It says the arch uh, mage tree is uh, worthless, <laughs> and uh, it, compared to the rest of the trees, and they want um, they want either an elemental spec. Um, and at the very least, this is an interesting, this is an interesting thread because it brings up, um, this is why we have forum discussions. So we have a forum to talk about these things. So um, I think the idea to revamp the tree is great. I think the idea to revamp the tree and make, say, one of the, the first suggestion is to make Arcane Blast the same as necrotic blast, except it's arcane blast. For the same damage, you know, the same ratio. And it seems like a good idea, right? It's only fair. But I also believe that if we start making just general changes based on that, like my damage, where the spell's damage isn't the same as that spell's damage, um, we're going to start whitewashing the play styles so that you're literally just changing the color of your skin as opposed to like the, the functionality of the build and like say the so and one of the things that um that i think my podcast is trying to do is trying to get ddo back to a more um back get it more character customization so that we can express ourselves through our characters in that gameplay sense that this person is talking about in his thread revamping the archmage tree he wants to feel like an archmage and feel powerful but it brings up ad and d so power de facto but and he talks about maybe you know maybe an elemental spec for a wizard which maybe it makes sense right and it's totally within the game. Lore. This is not 
unheard of. And he did some research, posted some things, and had some good ideas. I think Archmage is, is difficult because, and I understand what they tried to do last time, is they tried to take each school. And if you think about, think about this idea, this is how new DDO was still when they came up with this Archmage tree, is that they tried to make each spell school its own unique tree in Archmage fashion. And you would just select the school and then the whole tree would be changed based around that. Knowing what we know now and then seeing the DDO we have now, that was like a really silly idea. Um, is there a way to flesh out that tree? Yeah, but is it gonna, are you gonna start touching on chronomancy or like a time mage? I think probably something like that. I think some type of time mage, uh, you know, where you're affecting time and space. So, you know, I don't think making it an elemental spec is good, is a, is a good idea, but I think manipulating how fast your acid arrow ticks or if it ticks is interesting. So what if your acid arrow hit for all the damage all at once? Well, that would be ridiculous, especially at lower levels, right? So, um, Maybe it takes twice as fast. I, mean, I don't know. There are just I think there are other other rule changes that you could bring in to make Archmage fun and make it fresh with the spell list that's already available without needing to necessarily buff say Arcane Bolt. Now I agree with you, my man. Arcane Bolt that whatever that spell you mentioned, I remember I remember specking into that many years ago and being like this. Is like, like this is like blowing bubbles. <laughs> you know, it's like seeing spitting spitting at the enemy. So uh, I, I hear you with the lack of power in that in that particular spell. And maybe it does does need to be adjusted. But I think when it comes to Archmage, I for some reason I just see Archmage call. I see a guy that can manipulate time and space. And I know that there are other prestige classes that can get into that and archetypes potentially, right? That could get into that. So I don't want to step on their toes now that we're in that territory with DDO and DDO's development. But I see Archmage as that type of, uh, as that type of, of power, you know, something that can, manipulate time and space what does that look like though you know like in the game like i'm trying to think of a quest like say how would you find other than just straight damage right like how could you um affect i mean i guess you could cast something like a time stop right and just freeze the enemies like no save, like no save freeze, like say 20 mobs for two seconds. And they're considered helpless. Uh, and that could be like on a, like a, I don't know, like what do you think, 25 second cooldown? That seems reasonable enough for two seconds. Or maybe it's like a charge that builds up, like you'd have abilities and you would, um, I don't know, I just don't, I really thought about this, and there's not much in the post, and 
I know people are interested in it because it's gotten some views and some responses. I just, I rattled my brain just trying to think of how my idea would be implemented. I, I like the idea of, of time and space being attached to the Archmage. Hmm. I, you know that spell they have that reminds me of, uh, oh, it reminds me of the one from uh, Elden Ring where the blades are the phalanx blades or whatever. You get that like epic feat. I can see them having stuff like that where they, they, they kind of prep themselves with a buff and then while it's not a true counter spell, it could maybe act in some way as a counter spell, like uh, maybe uh, the scarabs, scarabs that used to drop of spell absorption. Maybe they could have some ability that grants them that for a duration. Maybe maybe the time mages could. Um, Enter some kind of time trance so they're not affected by, say, anti magic fields like the eye beholders, you know, because they could like bubble them, isolate themselves in some kind of dimensional space and attack from there, right? Maybe they would be limited to spells, these types of spells they could cast. It's an interesting thought, but when I think of Archmage, I think it's very difficult for me in my mind to rationalize the concept of I'm creating a character, uh, so say level one character, he's a wizard, I roll him out, and I'm going to go into the Archmage tree. I, I find it hard to build into that. <laughs> like, how do you ramp up that power? Because I just see Archmage as something that's uh, just very full of power and, and uh, calculated, so to speak, and dangerous fabric, you know, fabric of the universe kind of power. Um, and the manipulation of it, you know, their intelligence, you know, kind of leans into that manipulation effect of time and space, right? I don't, I'm just, I'm just questioning it. I, I just, it's a, I, it's a very interesting idea. Um, definitely like the idea. I wonder if, if you guys have any other suggestions you can put in there. If anybody's got, like, maybe from a homebrew campaign or, Maybe they ran a certain class a different way or just ran a particular class that they liked. I uh, I would be very interested. Wizards are always difficult, especially in the D20 system, because anybody that's played the tabletop knows how that goes. It's a difficult game to balance them. So one of the reasons why I'm not for any nerfing right now and any... Um, changes with anybody's uh, stuff except up except to go up or to bring the monsters down is um because that's just a natural tendency of the d20 system and to try to balance that is to destroy the d20 system so there, there's going to have to be other other things in play that control that and obviously a dm can control that i think dd i think ssg is smart enough that they can institute incorporate produce create uh, some type of system, and we're going to talk about that too, maybe in another podcast. Of, and I think that goes back to that difficulty thing, the core, like a difficulty that is is appropriate for people who want to play as a group. So what I'm what I mean is some kind of 
mechanism that would um, reign in the power, but in a way that's um, not just story oriented for the quest and not just like, oh, we're going to put a bunch of beholders here so you can't use magic, but in a way that um, is closer to D&D. So that's my um, my two cents on that. I, there's a lot of talk about these uh, the transfers. And just real quickly, my thoughts on that are, I, I'm, I don't know if these are these transfers just from the hardcore server, because if they're just from the hardcore server, I don't think there's an issue, but it sounds to me like they're from any server to another server. And I, I would just ask for transparency on, on standing some game on SSG's part, because it seems like they're subtly promoting, overtly promoting uh these the shift uh, to other servers and i'm okay with that i just want to know if that's the case so we can all get out of the fun and not be uh left out in the cold that's all um and then even if that's their plan in the future i you know i i think that's okay i think um i think you could even justify to the player base a reason why we're asking everybody to pay um to transfer you just i don't know what the price is but you guys have to lower it a little bit but, you know kind of like a gofundme thing so we could have more gdo <laughs> i don't i know i know it's a stretch right i know but um i'm just i'm confused about the transfer thing and if if, if it is what i think it is which what i think it is is anybody from anywhere can transfer any character to sarlona and i and sarlona isn't that where uh voodoo spice is so if that's the case like that tempts me because that guy, uh, he can, he knows, does all the teaching raids and I've been gone so long that I, I'm not sold on any raids, you know, I, I'm not even doing any. So I would be very tempted, especially if I was a new player and I knew of Voodoo Spice and, uh, and how the high words of Valkyrie, how they, how they roll. I, I would probably just go there because I would have a chance to, to get in one of those raids and learn. Um, that's uh I feel like that's another episode the the complexity of some of the raids and some of the stuff that we have um, and does it need to be so complex for it to be fun and user friendly and long lasting that's a, that's an interesting topic but back to my favorite topic suggestions and ideas that are not mine um uh, someone put a no timer rest shrine to guild ship and death timer bypass res shrine at the end of the raid that kind of seems like a no-brainer to me but i guess this is another one of those fucking uh pardon my language another one of those reaper mode problems that we don't need reaper mode and that's uh causes people um additional stress this next thread traditional caster staff tree i'm reading it there's a lot of work that's been done it looks like um a lot of it was straight ripped from the rogue uh tree essentially making the giving the the rogue ability to fight with a staff to a wizard it it doesn't look like there's any other rogue elements coming over
I feel like you can make this already in the game. Like if someone proposed this, or if I had an idea for this, like, geez, I really want to make a, a caster wizard that can, you know, he fights with a staff, he's, you know, he, uh, you know, he's not strong or dex dexterous, but he's intelligent, you know, he's got that kind of, a, you know, that uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes mind where everything pauses and he can cal calculates all the angles and then he strikes and breaks the knee, that's how he trips the opponents. You know, not because of his brute strength or his dexterity or his technique. It's, well, yeah, I guess it would be technique, right? So, so I, I like this idea, but I think you can already make it in the game. You can't, you can't um, have the best of both worlds as far as trees go. But if you only need five levels of rogue, you could still, you could still hit some DCs, plenty, with um, with fifteen wizard. I think you're going to miss out spells, right? Or is that Sork? I think is they get spells at level seventeen, right? So wizards, wizards are are a couple of levels ahead of them. I can Google it real quick, but then I'm going to lose my place in the forum. So I think you can make this build, and I think you can make it just the way you want. Uh, I think you can make it because of the Eldritch Knight tree. And this is calling in essentially a lot of that. I know you're um, you're asking for strikes, but they uh, it's the same one. Like the, it's, it's the same The same thing so I'm trying to I'm being really critical on it. I don't like it because uh, I, I, you know I always assume that I'm missing something right and I and I must be missing something in this caster's staff tree that I'm just is going over my head maybe a, a little bit more explanation uh, would be good. I just, you know, why I'm 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 thinking you could blend it. Obviously, alchemist comes to mind with their feet uh, that gives them their free feet for uh, simple weapons. They get in, intelligence score to uh, hit and damage with with simple weapons. So I am, um, and with the eldritch knight, uh, yeah, that tree is pretty great. Um, it's a problematic tree though because it uh, it adds so much in the way of defense and offense and isn't it's not really a melee tree though right it just gives you those two selectors at the end but they and you know access to martial weapons and whatnot but it's not really i don't know it's not really like, it doesn't scream Eldritch Knight back to me, I guess. Um, but it really does have the core elements as far as uh, gameplay is concerned. It's got high defense and um, I think now high melee damage. I uh, played a build that was... Well, I'm not going to get into that. So let's talk in the caster staff tree. Guys, if I'm missing something, please let me know. It seems like... <clears throat> 
I, I just, I, I don't understand the. I don't understand it. Like, he's a real, he's like a, like I'm wielding my staff and I'm blah. Like, say, so I'm doing these moves, right? Like that YouTube kid with the, with the lightsaber. And then I stop and my left hand flares out and I cast burning hands. I mean, you can already do that. Um, and you could probably pair these levels up enough so that you could have little impacts, uh, like so you could use spells and the and the weapon at the same time. It would just be difficult, I think. You know, if you have Reaper points, once you hit level four, you probably be all set as long as you stay low Reaper. Um, I know we all need that that XP bump from there, the twenty percent XP bump, and that's they've done that to the game, right? They've they've made you have to go Reaper. It's not a choice; you have to. So it's just a, it's such a trap. I just really, like, flutter. I understand why they did re-promote it. I understand it was probably, as far as they were concerned at the time, it was the, the best thing they could do. But, you know, that's why, that's another one of those things that it wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, maybe it was, maybe they had a council of players. I don't know, but I don't, uh, I don't know that that's the greatest uh, interaction with your fan base here. And, and, you know, we are, guys, keep in mind, we are players and SSG is the DM. So they're pretty passionate about VDO and Dungeons and Dragons in general. So we should uh, treat them like they are our DM and hopefully... Uh, they can consider what we would like to do with the game, what we would like to see done with the game, not because we are arrogant and selfish, because but because we, the players, enjoy this game and want to see it last longer. And I, I think we need to start focusing a lot on what people are saying is getting people together and, and getting them in a more challenging mode, sure, but not reaper mode anyway back to this caster tree i keep i just feel like my man i feel like i would just uh i mean you could you don't have to take the rogue levels you could take alchemist levels but you're not going to have access to the tree you could take monk levels then if the, you know, if, uh, if the rogue isn't really what you're after as far as, you know, martial prowess, right? If you're not looking for you know, someone who's sneaky and you know, mechanically inclined, you're looking for someone that's more zen-like, someone that's uh, a great thinker, a great philosopher. So you could take the levels of monk and, and just jump into the quarterstaff tree that they have available. And maybe it does most of the same things. I don't think it does, but um, I think that's an avenue you could take. Um, and if, if if you couldn't stomach it, not having the rogue tree, I would just say go five levels of rogue. And I would take uh, whichever one your character feels like first. You know, if you're a, 
a street urchin who stole a book of magic and you, you learned a couple of couple of cantrips from it i would start as rogue and then um then take the level of of wizard and i would just kind of plan my build around that i know that's not really meta but that's kind of how i would approach what you're asking for as far as i want my caster to fight with a staff that's what i would do but i am no great genius gamer i am much like you my friend and i want to add everything in with the kitchen sink into the game <laughs> everything into the drawing. so i appreciate all the all the work in this one i mean there is like so the reason why i haven't read each tier is because it's almost directly uh taken from the uh acrobat tree there are some differences you know with the spell power and whatnot and with dcs and i think um i think really so to me and correct me if i'm wrong uh traditional caster staff tree would be more i see this as a blade singer tree where you enter the tree choosing which weapon will be you know such and such weapon uh there was a there was a a tree that we went over a couple of weeks ago that was uh the blade singer tree it had some uh interesting i wasn't didn't think it was complete at all like not like the half dragon one was was pretty dope but the blade singer one seemed i don't know not not as complete but it did seem to be missing some things. And maybe this is one of the things that was missing is allowing you to choose uh, your combat style. Wow. You know, and um, maybe maybe that's something that whoever wrote that tree could look into. Or if you guys want to throw that in that thread to see if they want to update the tree. I think that might be a good um, a good way to approach this caster tree with the staff weapon look that one up man the uh the blade singer thread throw that in there i think you know old boy that guy seems pretty doesn't seem like he's tied to anything so he'll probably just throw it in there uh i think that should be uh not a core ability because he has the core ability as a blade singer stance which i actually like and i think is good and i think how it improves is cool because it gives you is it it gives you dex to ac into ac dex to damage and to hit right away and then it adds half of your intelligence score up to the full intelligence score i think to your damage as well to your melee damage so it's a pretty cool pretty cool tree it talks about some imbued dice stuff so that one seems pretty neat and i would like to see uh Maybe there's something that that can be done with this. You got this idea here. Maybe those two can kind of merge and merge in a way that gives everybody the option, to, gives everybody more options, right? So that you get what you want. And then, you know, someone who's brand new to the game but doesn't know they want to play this class, they figure, hey, holy crap, this is the same guy. This is, you know, El Elric or whatever. This is a guy I always wanted to make and I can make him here in DDO. I love this game. You know, they, that's what we want, right? We want, that's how, yeah, that's how you, that's how you earn a player's respect and then you get them to stay 
is you get that emotional buy-in that this is their character that they made. But you have to give them the option. And that's why I'm glad we're posting these things and I'm glad we're going over it. It's my passion. You know, I love this game. All right. Traditional capsules. There's a Dark Sun expansion in here. How do I feel about that? Great. I think it's uh, going to be difficult because you, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Dark Sun, I'm saying that a lot. Dark Sun is the one with, uh, you get all kinds of crazy races. So, that being said, we're not anywhere near that. But I would like to see, um, we're already in Greyhawk, but we're not acknowledging it. And I don't know if it's a licensed thing, but I think it would be cool if we, um, I don't know, if we, we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff, cool stuff we can add later. But let's get to this other stuff. But yeah, I think it would be cool if we get acknowledged that we're in Greyhawk. Um, there's a lot of our character reference. There's this, I read this one week, and I think it was a couple weeks ago, it got posted, the ransack mechanic is terrible. Um, I'm not even... I understand this guy's issue that he's looking for something to get screwed out of it. I have, I feel his pain. I have bought those elixirs, farm quests, learn quests. I never knew, spent all the time I could trying to get it. And I never got the item and got pissed. Didn't play for two days, you know, three days. So I understand why he's upset. Um, but I think we shouldn't be focused on that on the gear grind i think the tr grind is good because it allows you to focus on your character and how you want to build it i think it, we shouldn't be balancing against it if because that's not how the game was designed and it shouldn't be balanced against that but i think uh hmm. i think Making the game more fun to play, like making your guy, giving the player more power to have his build at a functional level so you don't, you're not chasing these archaic pieces of gear sometimes from, you know, a certain update or mod because you, you have to have it to make whatever percentage you need for the build to be viable. Um... And that's not, I'm not saying that's not fun, man. I'm not saying that that can't not be fun. That can be fun to do that. But I think on, on a zoomed out picture, though, if someone comes to DDO, I want them to be able to build their character. And for the most part, you know, we already have like level gated stuff. So your loot is already, it's already a thing that is, is uh, it's something you're, you're already up against the, the wall with because you would. honestly now um if i was a new player and i'm saying a new player you know a one to three three to seven you start throwing out gear you, you know i just don't um i think the gear grind is just it's so intense and so heavy that it's 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 more distracting than the rules and it compounds the rules to be like you got a guy into the game, he's learning the game, he's trying to figure out how to make make the certain character he wants, make it effective, 
now he's finding out about loot. Now he's finding out about ingredients and then crafting systems. And that one doesn't work. And he needs this one. And I think we need to look at the whole system we have in place in DDO and simplify the heck out of it because there's no reason for it to be complicated. And those types, I think, moving towards like the sentient weapons were a good idea. And I think some type of legacy weapon, and obviously if we get some 3.5 players, you'll probably have the book. There's a, a way to do it. Um, the issue is we run into the TR balance issue with a legacy weapon. A legacy weapon is something granted to a level one character and upgrades with him. So that would be fun for players to get and to experience to be able to pick a weapon type and say, hey, I'm going to, my guy is just going to be the reincarnation of Musashi Miyamoto, and he's just going to carry these two weapons, and this is what he does, and it doesn't matter, you know, you know what happens. He's going to have these weapons. So, I don't know. I think there's, uh, that's an interesting thought just in and of itself. Again, because what we're looking for is to bring the new players in, and to have them stay with us and have them see what we see. And as DDO players, we're going to have to let go of some of the complexity. I don't think the rules necessarily, but look at the game rule, the D20 rules, they're easy enough to understand. But some of the other things that have come along with the rules are um, almost, it's just too much, uh, you know, too much. Um, it's not too much for us veterans, don't get me wrong. Guys have been playing the game forever. They, they can figure it out. They already know how this train rolls, but we're not worried about us. We're worried about getting other people in, and we can focus on coming together with ideas for that new, like, say, challenge mode type deal or whatever, the new difficulty system that we need so we can come together and play more like a tabletop game in the in the fact that there's more risk um, so there was another one down here i thought was neat shadow pet for pale master or a paid transmog uh i i really this is uh i like this idea i i don't know why you can't change uh the skeleton i imagine it uh i imagine it might take some coding i don't know but uh, i think it would be pretty neat um Pretty neat to see uh, one of those, those shadow ones rolling around with you. And then we're into uh, the Dampier, the Changeling. Did we cover the Changeling? I don't remember if we covered the Changeling. No one's posted anything about Kalashtar, hint, hint. Psionics. <laughs> Because we only want to complicate things further, right? <laughs> um, all right, so that's basically the end of the uh, suggestion uh, thread threads for now. Uh, I think there might be something in the general forms. I'm not. I'm not sure. I did listen to. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to. Last week's and the weeks before is Friday's at four. I, I tried. I was very busy. I couldn't get to it. I still haven't gotten to it. But I watched this week. 
And I heard about the PAX East thing. That's cool. I heard about um, the job opening, and I heard about the server transfers the most. And don't really know. I think that's a it's a step in the right direction if they're transparent about it, and they you know kind of hint, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Everybody should go here. That's great. Um, but it won't solve the problem, and the problem is how to make the quests more dangerous. And maybe that's a topic for next episode, is how, how we're going to make the quests more dangerous. I've got a few ideas. If you've got some ideas, post them on the forums, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'd love to incorporate them in the next show. I, I don't have all the answers. Nobody does. We need each other to kind of walk through this and get this game. This game could be the number one game. One of the number one games, at, at the very least. It's got a lot going for it. I think we just have to convince SSG that they have that. Once we get several on board, that this is worth a lot more than Lotro. Um, it, you know, it might be uh, a little risky. And they are, you know, the thing is, they're, they're beholden that Daybreak Games. And I'm afraid, I don't work for SSG, but I'm afraid of Daybreak Games. Uh, because I, if you read the statistics and how they... How Daybreak rolls, they're just very, um, I don't even want to say American, but it's very, uh, it seems like it's very black and white with that. Like if you're in the red, you're getting cut. And I think DDO is one of those games that there's a, there's a real opportunity because everybody that reviews the game has a lot of special things to say about it. And by that I mean they say that DDO is special. And they have certain things. Each reviewer points out certain things. Everybody points out the narrative. Dungeons. And uh, I made a post on the forums. And if you guys want to, if you guys have any info on that, please let me know. Because it's another idea germinating. And... I want to capitalize on those special things about DDO and then expand uh, the character customization. I think is key to, to, to DDO success, not new content. It's how you can tackle the content because uh, a lot of games are going to that. They, a lot of games, new games would rather struggle for content than for uh, player character customizations. I feel like that. That's what I feel like. I feel like that they want to give you enough different, and what, and I don't mean character customization. I say that generally. What I mean is gameplay through character expression. So it doesn't have to be your character, but I think that uh, a, a lot of games are going towards that is the content. And um, with DDO, we have something special. If we have 15 years of content, they can slow down on that and really take a look at what they got as far as you know what, what do we have now that we can just mix and match some trees and come out with something nice um update some of the animations and add this one here and this one here and and get the ball rolling on some things so that like with the archetypes they really very impressive that they've been able to get well, the three out and then we're working on another three that are very different um so it's uh that's exciting, but those need to be monetized. You know, archetypes need to be monetized. And uh, 
I'm putting that in the title of this episode because I think, it, you know, we, SSG needs to make money for, for the work that they're doing. And anytime you have character customization stuff like an archetype, that's, that's, that should cost money. Um, that's why we're playing the game. Should that be included in VIP? Some of it should, but what about the racial templates? Maybe those you could you have to purchase. I don't. I think there's they're going to have to settle on something when it comes to that. But um, I'm hesitant to even offer any 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 opinion on it because I haven't really thought it through. But archetypes need to be monetized. That just has to happen. Uh, you can't. What will end up happening is we'll get you know this set free and maybe the next set free and then they'll start charging, um, or maybe only oh this expansion you can only get this one, and this one's overpowered, right? And or overtuned, excuse me, because well, oops, we forgot to undertune it. We didn't look at those numbers right. So, and that's BS. Uh, they they should just just start charging for them, and uh, take a look at the whole game, and make sure everything stays relevant so that everybody's having a good time. The one thing I think we don't want is don't mind people buying the archetypes. And they are like the Ranger one is clearly a step above regular Ranger. Uh, and I'm nervous that some of the archetypes are coming out in such a way as to address the core balance issues of the game, like the defensive uh, stuff we talked about, the PRR, the evasion, AC counting, and all this. This, I think I'm nervous more that the archetypes are going to come out to try to help balance that, and then they're going to eventually, it'll the balance will be so out of whack players will be so unhappy with it they'll have to change it and then then what happens you, you know what i mean then what happens so i just i really wish they would look into the balance thing right now and take a good look at the archetypes they're putting out and making sure that um they're not i don't know if they're because if it's not real like the Ranger to me, the Dark Hunter, isn't even really like a, an archetype at this point. It's uh, when I think about it, I think about it as uh, just as an improvement to the class altogether. I don't know if you call it a true prestige class, as DDO would would concern itself, but it almost seems like it, right? Like it's just so much better. So because the favorite enemies with the bloat, well. Here we get into the game balance with the bloat and the favorite and all that stuff. The favorite enemies are just falling by the wayside. So, um, you know, people don't generally go ranger for the. Uh, I think they go ranger for the combat styles and the trees. I don't think they even consider probably favorite enemies. I could be wrong, but I just don't think you know in the beginning of the game, the the early part of the game, the favorite enemies were a big deal. Well, I could just talk forever about DDO. 
a little bit of a scatterbrain episode, guys. Uh, I blame myself. I haven't uh, haven't been haven't been practicing every day, so I, and I've got a lot to say, man. I really I really miss doing the podcast. So hopefully this week we can see some more regularity. Thanks, guys. <laughs>